0: You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join us this week on Thursday night. We are changing things up this week. Not... Friday afternoon, Thursday night after the Clippers game to get in on the action locker room, changing the way we talk sports. A huge statement on today's episode of Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. I cover the Suns in the NBA at Dime Magazine and SB Nation. And you can follow me at Brendan Clean14. You can follow our show at Locked On PHX Suns, where you can give me your best reason for why Devin Booker is better than Donovan Mitchell and you can use any number of highlights from this game. That's right, we are talking about the Suns' 117-113 to 113 victory over the Utah Jazz. We're going to recap every single thing that you need to know about this game, why the Suns won, what happened late, uh, the defense, the offense, the hustle, Cam Johnson's big night, all of it. So we will get into every single nook and cranny of this game. Um It, again, is a massive statement. A massive statement. So, welcome to all that are here to celebrate. If you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. Give us a nice rating and review. And best of all, tell a friend. If you have a Suns fan, friend, whether they are a longtime follower like all of us, or maybe they just hopped on the bandwagon and they're getting back into the NBA and into this Suns team, tell them about the show. Have them be part of our little community here and uh, the best way to do that, again, just let them know. Tell them to subscribe on their favorite pat- podcast platform and to follow us again at Locked on, PHX Suns for game recap shows like this, mailbags like we did yesterday, Mondays with Brandon, and great guests all throughout the weeks. Anyway, back to the game, 117-113, Suns over Jazz, just a great game. I mean, just one of the iconic games of the season. You're on Twitter. You know every single member of NBA Twitter is watching this. Every Hoops fan had ESPN on tonight. Dave Pash, a local broadcaster, was doing the game, which made it cool. Uh, The Suns have a little more ticket sales going on right now, so the the building was actually rocking a little bit for the first time in ages, and the Suns won. So, of course, that's pretty great, too. We had people Getting escorted out of the building, jazz fans who were getting uh, a little raucous. I saw three from my seat where uh, the lower level got a little frisky. We saw a couple jazz fans get into it with some Suns fans and have to be walked out. So the building was going wild. Fans all over the place were watching this game and uh, it delivered. Great basketball from start to finish. The Suns get out to an early 13-2 lead over the Jazz with Mike Conley struggling, that would continue. Donovan Mitchell struggling, that would not continue. And uh, the Suns really changing the game down to their style. The Jazz have had this success this season at 38-13, and Um, playing faster, taking a lot of threes, um, making a ton of threes, and then just running a pretty routine drive and kick type of system with Conley and Mitchell as the initiators. And The Suns, obviously, that's still what Utah did, and and they had some more success doing that late in the game. But overall, the Suns really morphed this game into a grinded-out, slower game that they benefit from. And it's a little bit of a switch from what we might think of from the personalities of these two teams. But the Suns, uh, this season, obviously, with Chris Paul being added to the mix, play a lot slower. They tend to grind it out. They tend to have scores right around where this one was prior to overtime which was at 102. That's a pretty typical Suns score but not really how it te- tends to go for Utah. Um so testament to the Suns setting the tone from the beginning that this was going to be physical. They were going to attack the glass, the Suns out-rebound the Jazz. 61 to 45. Deandre Ayton himself had as many offensive rebounds as the entire Jazz lineup, the entire Jazz roster tonight and with 7 um, and then the Jazz don't shoot well from three. And obviously some of that's going to be luck. A lot of nights in the NBA, the team that shoots better from three is going to win. That did play out tonight, but this was really, really neck and neck. Outside of the the rebounds, outside of some of the uh, just the the clutch scoring, it was very, very close. So that early lead that the Suns got out to was really huge. I know I usually go through the... Sort of most important moment of the game, and uh, I just feel like tonight there's not one. It would be silly to try to find one and say, "Oh, this defined this game," because the Suns um, had to fight for it, had to really earn it, and it was several different momentous situations that got them there. So you had that early lead, you had Utah battling back in that third quarter, outscoring the Suns thirty-eight to twenty-six. Onto the Mitchell scores. Um, 10 points in that period and you also had Mikhail Bridges whose foul trouble had significant ripple effects throughout this game. You saw that when Mitchell went off in that third quarter it's because Bridges quickly picked up his fourth foul and was not able to play much. Don, uh, Devin Booker had to defend Donovan Mitchell which meant that Booker was exhausting himself a little more on defense Um, So that quarter really got things back even. The game was tied, or I think actually Utah was up one going into the fourth. And yes, Phoenix outscores Utah by one to close the game. Uh, Devin Booker misses a buzzer beater at the very end of regulation with his foot on the line on the right wing. A shot that he can make that he. Similar to the one he made over Memphis last season in the first couple weeks of the year. That's a spot he likes to get to inside the arc, in rhythm. He got the shot up clean. It just did not go in, and that's fine. It was just going to overtime, and then huge three by Cam Johnson in overtime. You had a huge three by Chris Paul in overtime, and then a couple of mid-range buckets for Devin Booker. Booker misses a free throw in overtime that gives us the, the Jazz just a little bit of wiggle room. You had a foul call on Tory Craig in that moment where the Jazz got the ball back down 3, the Suns were able to foul Mitchell. Craig smartly read that situation, fouled Mitchell before he got the shot off, so he was behind the line, but it was an intentional foul on the floor. So Mitchell got two free throws. I believe he missed one and the game never really got Back into reach after that. So again, just rail to rail. It was a game where the Suns had to adjust on the fly. They had to have different players step up. They had to have different um, strategies depending on what was happening. Whether Bridges was able to be on the floor, we saw them close the game with Craig as sort of the other sort of big man. He was, you know instead of Ayton, which is something they've done a lot since they got Torrey Craig. Um, just a lot of different things. It had all the beats of a classic game, a playoff type of game. And that's what brings me to not the biggest moment of the game, but the, the big takeaway, the big story of this game. The Suns announced themselves. They are for real, without a doubt. They're, I mean, you win 36 of your first 50 games, that's 72%, guys. It's undeniable at that point that the Suns are for real, but there's different levels to what that means. And the Suns have achieved a level of that now that shows us that not only are they real in terms of their place in the standings and just their improvement and their ability to play on both sides of the ball at a high level, but they are for real in terms of thinking about the West in the playoffs and who could really make a run to the conference finals and face you know the Lakers or the Clippers in that situation. The Suns beating the number one seed Utah, winning this game the way that they did having to really earn it and change and morph and adjust that all is what you need to prove because you even think about like last season Anthony Davis right goes to the Lakers it's this move that other fan bases complain about and and are scared of and and hate on but at the end of the day we needed to see Anthony Davis prove it and of course That happens for sure in the playoffs, but it's similar with a lot of these Suns players, even Devin Booker. We can't say for certain that anything will happen until we see these benchmarks. And no, this was not a playoff game, but it felt the most like one that any game the Suns have played in has felt, and they delivered. So it's a significant milestone of this season and a very, very big announcement to the rest of the NBA and especially to the Western Conference that this team is not just a regular season darling, not just... A cute story, but something that's for real. They're now on pace. If this was an 82-game season, they would be on pace for 59 wins at the rate that they're at right now. That's a bonafide fide juggernaut of a team. You don't you don't bat an eye, or, or, or you don't ignore 59-win teams in regular seasons, right? So it's it's impossible to do that now with this Suns team. They have established themselves. We'll get into more of what went right for the Suns with. A special emphasis on DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, and the closing duo that the Suns now have, who really stepped up tonight to win this game for Phoenix. But first, a quick break to tell you about our first sponsor, which is Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket sized guide that helped you sleep, focus? and be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, it's called Headspace, and it can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. It is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help. If you're overwhelmed, well, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation just for you. you need help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Maybe get a little of that Chris's special stuff that he was drinking from once again tonight. Maybe Headspace will help you get into that Zen mode that you need to do great things in your world. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million app downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple just for you. Go to headspace.com slash NBA. that's of course all one word, that's headspace.com slash NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace, full library, of meditations for every moment. Today's show also brought to you by Rock Auto. I've been praising Rock Auto for weeks now for the successful purchase of my SunVisor. Typed in Hyundai Elantra 2012. Limited is my particular make, so I scrolled down, clicked, found my car page, scrolled down. They even had a specific icon for SunVisor. It was that easy. Clicked SunVisor, that was my op there was my options. Picked the one that was right for me, made the purchase, and it was at my door in moments. And best of all, I saved a ton of money because let me tell you, I poked around on other chain manufacturers and retailers' websites. I checked the dealership, and they were all trying to clearly make a ton of money off of me. That never feels good. So I went to Rock Auto, found the cheaper option and purchase it from there. Rock Auto is a family business who has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have a unique and remarkably easy to navigate catalog with with everything from engine control modules and brake parts to the little stuff like tail lamps or even a new carpet. So whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available, see their low prices and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box when you make your purchase so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Back here, talking about more of the positives, more of what went right for these Phoenix Suns in the 117-113 overtime victory over the Utah Jazz to win the tiebreaker over Utah and create a little bit less space, a little bit breathing down Utah's necks now in the standings. A reminder, really quick first though, to check out Locked On today, our national show, tomorrow morning, you can hear me breaking down this game with Peter Bukowski, our wonderful host over there. Gets you ready for the sports day in 20 minutes or less wherever you listen to podcasts. On a positive note, because we have to stay there, there were not much negative. I, I would say, if I'm looking at negatives just to get that out of the way really quickly, it's Mikhail Bridges just getting into foul trouble because if he can stay, to me, if he can stay in this game, he ends with five fouls twenty minutes. Every time he checked in, he was he was off, uh, basically off the floor. Moments later, if he stays on the floor like he did in the first quarter, Donovan Mitchell, I think, does not get back into rhythm and, and bring Utah back into this game with that monster third quarter. So that's the only negative. But to stick on those positives, you got to start with DeAndre Ayton. Um, it's not often that we see DeAndre Ayton. Play two monster games back to back. I think you could say we saw it maybe around January of this season. There was the stretch on the road trip last February, where I believe that was the Dallas game in there. There was the um, New York and Boston games. That was a stretch where he was starting to string together big nights. But it's not often, and especially in this new role where he's not a big part of the offense, it's, uh, it's even less common to see it. And, and the fact that Aiton here, on Monday, dominated Christian Wood, had one of the best nights of his season, I called it the most confident game I've ever seen DeAndre Ayton play. You could tell he felt like he could dominate Christian Wood, and then he did it on both sides, and in a very specific and strategic way. He followed that up with a huge game once again in this one, outplaying Rudy Gobert in my opinion, limiting Rudy Gobert to just seven field goal attempts. He did make all seven, but that's something Gobert tends to do. Um, Limited the impact, the the amount that Gobert could even touch the ball and impact the game on the offensive end. Had four offensive rebounds, but Aiton had seven, and um, all in all, was able to protect the rim while also containing Gobert, was able to, on on offense, DeAndre Ayton was able to have some some success posting up Rudy Gobert, uh, had incredible success rolling to the rim. He was rolling hard all night, finishing lobs, has this budding chemistry, building chemistry with Chris Paul. We saw a play over the top of This one was, was Derek Favors, but... Paul drove all the way down, did the Steve Nash kind of in and out, back out from underneath the basket. Now favors on Paul. For some reason, Utah gives up that. And then that means Ayton under the basket for a lob. We saw a lot of nights like oh, a lot of moments like that tonight between those two. So a big testament to Aiton getting open in those situations. He was again all over the glass. And then three blocks and two steals. And there was another block that a fan sent my way on Twitter after I praised it that actually got attributed as a steal by Jay Crowder. I have no idea why. I think maybe the ball landed in Crowder's hands, but it was a block. So Aiton with five stocks tonight, outplaying one of the best centers in the NBA and Rudy Gobert, really altering the game on both sides, creating a consistent presence that, that Utah had to deal with inside. And... Late in the game, fourth quarter into overtime, it's obvious that he's exhausted. But he's he contested a Roy O'Neal three, Royce O'Neal three at one point in transition. He got his hands on a, a couple contested rebounds late in the game. Um, was finishing lobs, was getting putbacks off of those rebounds, all while you can tell he is not able to run at, at full speed. He's clearly winded. Those are moments where we've seen Aiton give up. We've seen Monty Williams check him out of the game in those moments because he is not giving full effort and is is giving in to that exhaustion. So I'm not saying that it's some new level of physical capacity that Aiton has. He'll never get tired again. But part of winning in the NBA, especially in these games, he played 41 minutes. They needed him every single moment. Saric was not really the right type of guy for this game and they don't really have another option right now. So they needed Aiton to play that many minutes. They needed him to be at his best for all of them, and he was. And that's part of winning. There's not going to be playoff games very often where DeAndre can play 20 minutes, give full effort, and then rest. That's not how it's going to work. So Aiton's going to need to fight through that and find a way to impact the game when he's tired. So that was incredible to see as well. He just played physically and aggressively in a way we're not we're not used to seeing. So that confidence that we saw against Christian Wood, against the Houston Rockets, that was there again. And uh, a, a, a back-to-back set of games where he's doing that is, I mean, maybe more of a reason for optimism than almost anything coming out of this game. But I do quickly want to hit on Cam Johnson's night as well, because on the flip side of Mikhail Bridges' foul trouble was Cam Johnson's Stellar performance filling in for Bridges, Cam Johnson, who only recently started to look like himself off of the COVID protocol. Now playing 37 minutes tonight, played all of overtime, played most of the fourth quarter. Monty Williams told me when I asked him about it post game in terms of sticking with Johnson that he got actually overruled by his coaching staff. They agreed to keep Cam in for the rest of the fourth quarter, but then when overtime came, they uh, Monty wanted to have Bridges come back in and he said that he was overruled by the staff they felt like cam getting his hands on some of the 50 50 balls playing with hustle and uh just rewarding him for for what he had done up to that point was a better call and and just with the rhythm that he had developed because that's the other thing it's not just that bridges in foul trouble he only took one shot and um was just not really able to get involved in this game very much after the foul trouble hit so the coaching staff said that. Monty said he didn't want to be a dictator, which is an illusion. He brings up often to how he felt he was as the head coach in New Orleans. So learning moment from, from Monty there. He sticks with Cam, with the coaching staff telling him sort of to do that, and Cam rewards him, continues to make an impact on the hustle plays in in, in the overtime period, and makes a massive three from the left wing that sort of created the separation. I mean, I know it was only a four-point game in the end, but... To me, at least, after that three, I believe the three made it like one eleven to one o six, something like that. It felt to me like that was sort of the the ice on the game was Cam making that three. And look, I'm not saying Bridges doesn't make it. I'm not I, the Bridges is a winning player. The Suns probably, with everything else they were doing so well, win win anyway. But to reward the guy who had rhythm and who had built up the flow in that game and and had been gelling with that lineup in Cam, that feels like the right decision. And then to see him make that three so confidently in that big moment, I feel like had to be rewarding. Maybe that means that that Monty trusts Cam a little bit in those moments going forward. Not that he had any reason not to. Cam has delivered like that a lot, but it's nice when you have these situations to have a, some things go wrong, right? Like you didn't have Mikael Bridges as your best defender for most of the game. You had to adjust. You had to figure things out. And Cam is a, a wonderful illustration of that. And obviously for him to be the one to do it too with the COVID struggles and everything else and getting his his legs back under him the past couple of weeks is is awesome. Hopefully this is a sign of, of more of a return to form to the early season Cam that we saw Um, back in December and January, so a a very, very nice night from him, and uh, hopefully a sign of more to come. We'll get into the big heroes of the game. Chris Paul and Devin Booker keep it right here for that, but first a quick break to tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football and college basketball wrapped up here, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and the stretch run in both leagues The MLB is heating up here, games every night, you know how baseball can be, and the Masters right around the corner. The best, to me, one of the best betting weekends of the year. You can keep into it with real-time updated odds and props on BetOnline, and they have you covered for all the new scores and odds that you need to make an informed bet. Best of all, BetOnline is free to sign up, so head to the website or use your mobile device Make an account today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code On. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit to get a 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Wrapping up the show with the best for last here, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Not only what they did on the floor, but I want to tell you a little bit about what they made of this game, what they said about it, and we'll do that in just a sec. But first, I wanted to remind you quickly, check out Lockdown NBA Draft. The guys are doing an incredible job getting you ready for the NBA Draft. They had a big episode on Josh Giddy, who is the Australian prospect you've probably never heard of, but who very well could be a top 10 pick in the NBA this upcoming draft, so they do deep dives and everything, keeping you up to date with the NBA draft. I'm sure we have a lot of Suns fans who love that show, uh, who love the draft still and, and would love that show based on how many years we all spent agonizing over ping pong balls and draft picks and development, so great show, check them out. But let's get to Chris Paul, let's get to Chris Paul because when you talk about the Suns proving that they are a bona fide playoff team, that they are legit in that capacity, it comes back in a lot of ways to me tonight to Chris Paul proving and reminding all of us that he can play at this level. He came into this game clearly knowing that it was a prove-it moment, a prove-it opportunity for Phoenix. He had said earlier in the week, and I told you guys yesterday that I didn't believe a word he was saying, that these games are no different, they don't circle them on the schedule, they don't really make any you know, big big deal of it. That's maybe true in terms of the big deal. But he obviously knew, and a lot of the players knew, that this game was important. And it was, because now, again, the Suns have the tiebreaker. Chris Paul came in, clearly on a mission to claim that, to win this game, to send a message to the league. And it's one thing to to kind of play with purpose and whatever, but Chris Paul looked like the the thunder-in-the-bubble version of himself. Confidently stepping into his jumper, both from mid-range and from three, Playing aggressively, looking for his shot, just mobile, not giving the ball up, but really driving into the teeth of the defense, absorbing the attention that he gets, kicking out to teammates, finding cutters, finding his shot, all that. So 24 shot attempts is awesome to see from Chris Paul. He did it from start to finish. It wasn't just solidified in one moment. Then, of course, the nine assists, 50% shooting from the field, three of seven from deep, a classic Chris Paul game one that we saw him put together over and over in that seven-game series against Houston in the bubble, and something that the Suns are going to need from him every night in the postseason to get where they ultimately want to go, which is as close to a championship as they can get. This is the version of Chris Paul that they need, and to see that he still has it in him, to see that he can conjure it so effortlessly, and to see that the impact is still so, so high is massive for the Suns. And it's a big part, again, of proving their legitimacy here in the West with a win over a team like Utah of course Devin Booker a huge part of that as well the end stat line might not look too pretty he missed all of his threes was 13 of 31 from deep and that's all fine because at the end of the day they won and that's the type of role that they're going to need Devin Booker to play come the postseason right I mean you want the guy to stop shooting because he missed a lot of threes like I don't Necessarily see the argument there. He was 13 of 25 on twos, as he tends to be, making more than half of those. He was um, confident and comfortable throughout. He was not cold tonight. I, I wouldn't say that. I just think that the the Jazz, you know, played him pretty aggressively. They had multiple guys on him a lot of the time. He had to get his his buckets really off the ball or in select pockets of the game and that's the other part that was really exciting about this one was that Booker clearly was attacking a game plan and, and playing to win in this one because we don't we we saw it a lot last year i feel like and and we know he has it in him but these little burst plays in transition I'm sure that they they wear on you mentally and physically to be looking for your holes and to be uh, running through them when you get them but he can do it better than about anybody in the Nba just when the transition defense is lazy, when he beats his man, he can just get to the basket. He did it about four or five times tonight. And again, finding offense off the ball, those couple of mid-range jumpers late in the game, just that clutch ISO stuff that he's so good at. Um, he looked comfortable and confident. And look, the the Suns are going to really use him in that type of a role in the playoffs. We've talked a lot about put, you know point book, putting the ball in his hands, I think the, the emergence of Sharich and Payne off the bench has, has made that less of a thing this season. Again, I just don't think it's the role we should ever expect Booker to play at this point. He's going to play off the ball. He's going to be a scorer. He's going to be a closer. He got that last shot in the regular or in the uh, regulation. Missed it, but got a good one off. And the Suns just trust him. And so to, to be 13 to 31, I see no issue with that. We're going to see some ugly games in the playoffs. We're going to see. Immense defensive attention on Devin Booker, and again to to circle back to, he was defending Devin, uh, he was defending Donovan Mitchell for large parts of this game when Bridges was on the bench. So he was wearing himself out doing that. You know, was hitting the back iron on shots, just not. He was a little erratic, not as as laser accurate as he often is on his jumpers, and yet still makes more than half of his twos. Scores thirty five closes the game in the overtime with those two mid-range jumpers and a a free throw. And to me, that's a perfect win, must-win sort of performance. Yes. Would it be prettier if he was 25 of 31 or something absurd for 58 points? Like, yeah, I mean, we all would have loved to watch that, but that's not the reality in these types of games against physical, polished, smart teams like Utah. They're not going to give you what you want. They're not going to give you an easy night. So, again, six turnovers is not pretty, and you want him to be a little bit more efficient. You want him to keep the defense honest with those threes, but the Suns won the game, and Booker was a massive part of doing that. So, Um, a a huge positive. And again, a part of the proving it that the Suns did tonight was Devin Booker playing as well as he normally does in such a big game. I mean, again, we can use the Anthony Davis comparison from last season. You can talk about somebody like maybe Damian Lillard, although he really announced himself. Actually, Donovan Mitchell is probably a good example. Donovan Mitchell had to Show that he could do it in the postseason, and he's going to have to do that again as a primary option on a number one seed. I mean, it just takes a higher level of performance. I mean, Chris Paul is still under the shadow of that, right? So there's still questions about his peak effectiveness and what he can do as a playoff go-to guy, and he's now with Devin Booker uh, for that reason, to help him in that capacity. So I, I just think this is a moment we will remember Devin Booker did it in this game, closed it out, took it home. And yes, it's not a playoff game, but it's again the closest the Suns have gotten to one all year, and they looked pretty damn good in the process. 117, 113 victory, and another one coming up tomorrow. The Clippers will host the Suns on the second night of this back-to-back. Everybody seemed pretty juiced for it again. I think it should be another great game. Keep it tuned in on Locked On Suns here after the buzzer. I will be getting you an episode as quickly as I can. Also, check us out on Locker Room. Right after the game. I'm going to do that first, then hop on the podcast. So if you want my instant thoughts with Brandon, our Monday co-host, Zona on Twitter, check out Locker Room. Download that app wherever you get podcasts. Go to it the minute that Suns Clippers wraps up tomorrow night and join us to talk about the game and this Utah win and everything going on with these Suns. Seven straight wins, guys. A 59-win pace in a normal 82-game season and a ton to be excited about. Enjoy the win. Sleep well or... I guess for those of you who listen to this tonight, enjoy uh, enjoy that that good sleep off the win. For those of you listening on Thursday, enjoy your Thursday and tune in again right away post game. Suns Clippers, fun weekend Suns basketball, guys.